the biggest adversity in cricket, which is something cricket can't do anything about, is rain. And uh, best, I, the, my my idea for like rain in World Cups is very simple. It's that if a match gets wiped out, the host country's points are deducted. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the most competitive form of the game, the World Cup. And um, obviously, the World Cup is, I think, a very exciting thing for a lot of cricket fans. And avid or otherwise, I think the the you know it, it becomes a nexus for when people really start to watch cricket every four years. Um, so the first thing I want to start by talking about is in our lifetimes or otherwise, what is your favorite World Cup? Why? What did you enjoy about it? If you didn't watch it, what did you enjoy hearing about it? Um, and yeah, just we'll start there. So whoever wants to get going with that. I think emotionally for me, 2011, but mm-hmm. I, from the point of view of competition, I think 2019 was right up there because I think almost every single team, every time they went walked out to play, looked like they could win. And almost every single team fielded a match-winning 11 when they fielded, like, every time they played. I feel Pakistan, West Indies, even though the two teams did not qualify South Africa, like, riding on their bad luck every time, all of them also had solid teams, teams which could potentially have qualified. And England, for the most part, although they won, they were in a situation wherein they would have been knocked out if they wouldn't have won the match against India, right? And just the situation that arose where you had Sri Lanka beating England, and you had like like just Bangladesh beating South Africa and just all of those matches coming over. West Indies like beating Pakistan, like just getting them out of Nawami. You just see all of those things and you see like the competition. But emotionally, 2011 World Cup, MS Dhoni 6, 1K Stadium, like that was like mm. a life-changing moment for me as, at least as like a cricket fan. I do agree, but I, I wonder agree. whether... I wonder whether what Samir has said is influenced by his love of Mr. Rohit and his brilliant World Cup. But yeah, I definitely 2019 <laughs> was extremely close. <laughs> For me, it was definitely go, go. 2011 and 2019. Uh, the best part about World Cups was that uh, it was the one tournament where you watched it with so many people and it was such a big event. Like when in the, in the 2011 final, when India won the World Cup, we went out on the streets and then you had people like bursting crackers and shouting and there was an entire like there was so much traffic and everybody was dancing and that was such a great event. And in the 2019 World Cup in the semi-finals, uh, I was at my tennis camp that time playing tennis and we all stopped playing and then we were all sitting and watching the, watching like the semi-finals and one of my coaches was standing on the other end of the tennis court and we asked him not to leave because and we, we made him stand and not sit at all because <laughs> was when Jadeja was playing really well and we felt that if he sits, Jadeja is going to get out. And I'm sure all of us did that. So, did it that. was just so much. And you, you that, that only happens in World Cups. That doesn't happen in any other tournament. So, yeah. that's what makes World Cup so special. That it becomes such that. an event for everybody who's watching it. Dhoni was batting extremely, like, Dhoni was not batting, like, it wasn't in his element, but he gave Jadeja extremely good, like, support that day. And once Jadeja got out, I was in the gym with, like, my friends, like, none of whom watched cricket, but then the trainer and, like, someone else who was also living in the building had gotten, like, an iPad on which they were playing the game. And I had lost all hope, so I said, let's just go to the gym, I'm not going to watch. And then the moment Jadeja went off, got out, um, like, that entire moment, we had Dhoni through the, through the run out. Like, there was someone, there was one of, like, my friend's mom, she was, like, standing, she was drinking water, and we're like, auntie, don't get the water bottle out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she did, and she did, and Dhoni got run out. And so, of us, we, oh, I did not fault, watch a single Alright, yeah. Well, yeah, I think both Akash's and yeah, Zerk, you wanna? 
uh, my favorite World Cup was 2019 for sure. Partly because I followed all of it A to Z. Um, B, I was following it and Pakistan were competitive, which was great. Um, but like Pakistan have historically followed the same pattern in World Cups, I, at least on the last three tournaments. No, sorry. This World Cup, the Champions Trophy, and the 2015 World Cup. You all get, like, in, in 2015, we got butchered by the West Indies in the beginning. We got butchered by the West Indies this time around. That forces the team to make changes. And you have new players come in who somehow managed to adopt the roles that they should have had in the beginning. And you build up a certain momentum. And you somehow carry through the World Cup, which was, you know, very bittersweet to watch, I think, this time round because we were tied on points with New Zealand and we didn't get into the semis purely on net run rate. Um, and so I think that, besides, besides that, I think the, the competitiveness of this World Cup, the drama in this World Cup, be it the semifinals, be it the finals, the, the final, I think also having an overnight semi-final with India and New Zealand was also interesting. Yeah. It, it, it just created a different dimension. It just created a different dimension of stress, I'm, I'm sure, for you guys. Um, but I, India was in the commanding position. Like, yeah, it was, regardless of that, I think that this World Cup just had a lot of different dimensions to it, especially with the final. Like, who could have predicted a final yeah. like that? Of course. And so... Maybe it's also the fact that it's embedded in, in recent memory. It's got to be the 2019 World Cup. Um, yeah, no question about that. You know what's funny? Like, everyone's talking about how this rule should be changed now, obviously, in hindsight. But the only time a Super Bowl will ever be played in an ODI is in a World Cup final. So it's just assuming yeah. that this is going to happen over and over again. We'll get to see such World Cup finals again. Right. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right, Akash or Akash. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to argue with here. Like emotionally, 2011 was just so amazing, and like being here and being in a room full of uncles who just dreamed of seeing this since their childhood memories of of Kapolev in '83. But like just being in that room and the the moment when Donny hit the winning runs was just such a memorable unique experience um i'll never forget the reaction and and everyone carrying Sachin on their shoulders after the win and all those memories but yeah undoubtedly 2019 world cup was very competitive a lot of great upsets close matches uh brilliant performances and india was just such a force we were fun to watch until it kind of died out at the end um but overall, just a great tournament. So, yeah, definitely along the lines of everyone else here. Awesome. Certainly yeah, so. I mean, I, I, I will say almost the same thing. As a fan of Indian cricket, I'll say 2011. As a fan of cricket, I'll say 2019. Um, like I said, you know, for me, cricket is always about, like, the stories of the people who play the game, the stories of the teams who play the game. In 2011, it was a home World Cup. I don't think anyone was very doubtful that India was going to make the final, much less win. Uh, so I think the value of that tournament is that we did win. It was that Dhoni scored the winning runs, such as last World Cup. You know, all of those great stories. But that was, I think, the conclusion to a certain chapter in Indian cricket. 2019 was different. 2019 was, I think, just for the, the new format of the Cup itself. Everyone plays everybody. Um, I think for that reason, this was one of the 
few like true World Cups. This is really where everyone gets a chance to match up with the best teams in the world and the best teams in the world play everyone who no, no one really expected to do well. And I think we saw a lot of situations where like uh, had West Indies not played Pakistan or had uh, England not played Sri Lanka, like we would have had expected outcomes of those games that, you know, we, we got to see the opposite of that. Um, and then, you know, of course the final, uh, I don't think that we'll ever see a story like that in cricket again. I, I don't think we're ever going to see an ODI World Cup final or in, in any sport. Yeah. I, I, and I remember that day too, Roger Federer was playing Novak Djokovic in the Wimbledon final. Oh, that match. And I, was so, yeah. I don't it think was so that, sad, like in yeah. that yeah, day, in the years um, that I watched sport, I don't think I'll ever okay. forget that day for the value yeah. it had yeah. just in like the emotion you're feeling about sports. Yeah, that day. Yeah. So that was the during the day of the final was we. I'm wearing the shirt for my club. We had our first game of the season that day, oh. and we were playing. And that was bad. poor luck. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had an English guy on our team and a Kiwi guy on the other team, Oof. and they were just like every break watching it and going back and forth, back and forth, and it was just it was a crazy, crazy day. And then the other person was watching the Wimbledon final. It was it was a, it was a day to remember, no doubt. Um, so. I mean, based on what all of you have said, all of you mentioned 2019 in some way, shape, or form. And I want to offer a little bit of a different perspective to it, right? For me, actually, the, the World Cup I enjoyed watching the most, even though, and I feel like I didn't get enough of it, was 2015. Even though India didn't win, even though I just think the high scoring, high volume, like the, the, kind of the, the fast paced cricket that we saw in 2015 just is un, unparalleled in any other World Cup. And I actually saw a, a I mean, I enjoyed 2019, don't get me wrong, but there were a few things I didn't like about it. I didn't like the fact that there was no compensation for rain. I didn't like the fact that this, there was no additional super over. You know, I just felt that there was a lot of like assumptions being taken. It was just a lot of things left to chance that didn't let us enjoy the cricket to the fullest degree. Um, so, but, you know, obviously I want to explore this, given that we've all talked about 2019, I want to stay on it for a second. Do you all think that 2019 might have been more enjoyable without these kind of, you know, ulterior or beyond cricket, epi cricket kind of things that happened? The fact that some games were rained out, the fact that Pakistan wasn't allowed into the semifinal because of net run rate. Do you think that if, you know, it wasn't as rigid, we would have enjoyed it even more? Or do you like it despite all of that? I certainly think that everybody has their own gripes with the way that tournament was handled. Like you said, you said, you know, the rain, the issue of managing rain. Um, for me, it was that we only took the top four. Um, I think the longer the knockout stage of any tournament, the more exciting it is. Uh, and the more you get to see like those great head-to-head -head battles. I think if we had taken the top eight and done a quarterfinal system, um, that would have been nice. Obviously, because of the format of the tournament, that would have meant that basically everyone makes it into the knockout <laughs> stage. Um, but I will say that the reason we talk about 2019, obviously, yes, the final, but also because there were problems with that tournament. Um, it was it was not it was not a perfect tournament. They didn't manage rain well. The net run rate rule, uh, I mean, obviously it's been around for a long time, but people will always debate that. And then obviously the controversy of the final. That's the reason we talk about that tournament. Um, no one is ever going to remember a tournament or ever going to remember a tournament as much. You know, if there's a clear winner and there's no controversy and there's no problems with it, that doesn't make for a good story. So I think that's the reason that we all care about 2019 so much. Yeah, I think every like 2011 had the scandal with the toss also. Yeah, so I think like, all those, the the those World Cups have had some, some element of... Exactly, yeah. It, I think the 2011 it happened, India-Sri Lanka <laughs> probe, yeah, like just two days ago. The pro, they, Kumar yeah. Sangakara was interrogated for eight hours. Like, for I think eight they, hours. I think, I think they gave him a, a full ball-by-ball -ball commentary of everything that happened in the match. <laughs> <laughs> 
disprove or disprove. That's, that's, no, that's a really interesting point that like we tend to enjoy some of these games for things beyond the cricket, right? Like I was posing this question as maybe if these things weren't there, we would have enjoyed the cricket. You turned around and said we enjoyed it because they were there. You know, no, and in a good way, like that's and that's so true, right? I think for me personally, I would have liked to see more pure cricket, but honestly, the reason this World Cup will be remembered is because there are things beyond the cricket that are there to talk about, right? And it almost feels like with this 2011 thing that's happening with Kumar Sangakara, that people are trying to force non-cricket things into the World Cup, mm-hmm. just to make it more exciting still, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a really, yeah. really interesting point. So, I feel uh, the 2019 World Cup, the 2019 World Cup, I thought, like, everything that could have gone wrong with cricket, like, just all the cricketing rules, which you never thought would come into play, they all came into play, and that just made it so much more fun to watch, because I just feel it's human nature to enjoy adversity when it doesn't strike you. And just to see how everything, like, gets played through, and the fact that all these things struck cricket, and cricket sailed through it, and we got an outcome, as arguable as it might have been, was just really heartening. I personally felt like there should have been something else in place, but had it not happened, we would have never known that such a thing could happen or there was the potential yep. for such an outcome to play out and so yeah i pretty much enjoyed the adversity and the rigidities like despite the outcome, yeah. the adversity and the rigidities one like the, the, the biggest adversity in cricket which is something cricket can't do anything about is rain and uh best i the, my my idea for like rain in world cups is very simple it's that if a match gets wiped out the host country's points are deducted that is that is that is how i think we should we should because all world cups are in are pretty much in england yeah (laughs) and and, and, (laughs) it'll be great this will be great but um so if if it's if it's a completely neutral match what happens england loses (laughs) (laughs) no i also feel i also that's one way to do it if, it, if you're following, if you're following the structure that you did, like the top four teams qualify, the first team plays the fourth, second plays the third. I feel you should give the first team another chance. Yeah, because there was a I reason why there was a reason there was a reason why India ended first. Like there's a reason why India ended like at the top of the table. There's a reason why England had to like battle its way through despite having home advantage and reaching the level that it did and like ending at second or third place. So I feel. If a team has made it to the first or second position after fighting through all the struggles that they've had to go through, they should get another chance. Like there should be like an IPL style knockout thing. I feel there should be yeah. like a qualifier <laughs> and an eliminator. I mean, I'm not all for the qualifier and eliminator. I just feel it's a very fascinating way about going like of going about things. I agree. And I think like even if you incorporate something like an NFL playoff type thing, right? And that's my other problem with the way 2019 was run, is that um, they would simply weren't enough teams. I think 10 teams is too little. Mm. That's champions trophy, not a yeah. World Cup. To me. That's I think the thing about cricket. That's the thing about cricket. Cricket is a game where World Cup is for ten, is for like ten or twelve teams. The twelve test. Where's Hong Kong? Is... Where's Kenya, bro? Where's the Netherlands? Kenya, Kenya, guys, Kenya made it to the 2003 World Cup semi-final. Semi-final. Yeah. yeah. It, it 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 increases competition. There's more countries that have a stake in the game. Like, there's no reason to say that only the top eight or top ten teams are going to play. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just a just a quick point that I, I think. As much as I did enjoy 2019, I definitely think more teams and quarterfinals, longer set of playoffs, makes for just overall a more inclusive and more fun World Cup. Because I think quarterfinals are always one of the most fascinating stages because you never know what mm-hmm. can happen. Um, mm-hmm. There's still a chance for upsets because there's enough teams that can be seen as underdogs. But if you're just going straight into the semifinals, you have four essential favorites 
just battling it, which is great in, in its own way. But I think quarterfinals are a unique stage in any tournament that I missed uh, pretty significantly in 2019. Isn't um, this thing when, like, yeah. when you're playing the quarterfinals of a tournament, it's just the intermediary phase between, like, the, uh, like, between, like, the group stage, stage and the, the semi-final stage. Yeah. And so, like, when, when Yuvrat Singh hit that exceptional, like, Knock against Australia awesome. in the 2011 yeah, yeah. World Cup. You were, just so like, good. you were you were powering through to a semi-final, which you play against Pakistan. So that had its own right. like that had its own sentimental value attached to it, like the whole quarterfinal system back then. Yeah, yeah. It meant something I, to yeah. get to that semi-final stage. So one of the things we'll get to towards the end of this discussion is building our ideal World Cup format, right? Like what we want a World Cup mm. to look like. Um, because I think there's definitely a lot of opinions on on how things could happen. And one of the things I want to kind of transition the discussion to is we talking about the the importance and impact of extra cricket happenings and, and how it shapes how we enjoy things, right? And one of the World Cups that exemplifies that the most is 2003. You know, 2003 was still a very, very popular World Cup. Sachin yeah, yeah. kind of, that was one of his greatest World Cups ever, right? And, you know, for, for such an impact for World Cup, it was actually a lot of what happened and a lot of the teams that qualified had nothing to do with their cricketing ability. Kenya didn't make it because they, were, they played well. They won one good match, but besides that, so many teams dropped out that they were able to make it there. So all I'm asking is that World Cup was very well enjoyed. 2019 was very well enjoyed. Both had a lot of things happen that were beyond the cricket. So do we love World Cups because of the cricket themselves or because, the, you know, they're the site of things that happen beyond the game? Yeah, so my point was I think there's that just one, I did one not watch. Factor. Yeah, the point was that I did not watch the 2003 World Cup live, but the like the like the main point was that um, despite not watching it live, there's so much that has been documented about it. There's so much that we have read about it. There's so much that we have watched, like Sachin Tendulkar's innings against Pakistan, for instance, like the entire thing that went down in South Africa, Kenya qualifying, like and obviously the final, what happened to India, like very unfortunately, and like all of those things, they're, they're just so well documented. Everything that happened over and above cricket, just so well documented. I feel like. Those are the kind of World Cups which stand out in people's memories, like ultimately. So, of course, cricket is a huge part of it. There's one factor, and that is that we like watching good cricket. If the cricket quality was not that great in 2003, if the cricket quality was not that great in 2019, if the competition was not right up there, then I don't think we would have enjoyed even the 2019 and 2003 World Cups as much. But just the fact that there was so much more apart from cricket, cricket like factoring into the outcomes of cricket matches, it can disconcert people who are like very traditionalist in their thinking when it comes to cricket. But just from the point of view of excitement and fascination, that's what the audience wants, right? Like if it's just something which the audience like goes by. I, for one, love watching test cricket and I for one love watching like five-day matches and stuff like that. So like it would disconcert me in that moment. But like one year down the line, it's been a year since the 20, like 2019 World Cup. One year down the line, I was like, I might have criticized it then. But the fact that I spoke about it all day long to all my friends, like, and just spoke about how everything that went wrong with it and how horrible it was just makes it one of the best World Cups I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Samya. You guys are going to get tired of me hearing of me saying the word stories. But for me, if you can construct a good story out of a tournament, then that's going to be a good tournament. Uh, for me, the test of that is the Ravi Shastri voice test. So if you can tell the story of the tournament in Ravi Shastri's voice, and if you are entertained, then it was a good tournament. <laughs> Sadly, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have that <laughs> tracer bullet thing inside of me yet, but maybe one day, maybe one day. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the stories come from, they come from everywhere, right? The stories come from the quality of the cricket. They come from the nature of the teams that are playing. They also come from the problems with the tournament. Uh, I think the broader point is that if there is a good story, it is a good tournament. 2015, 
there are maybe one or two good stories. Grant Elliott in the semifinals, um, the fact that New Zealand even you know got there in the first place, uh, South Africa's bone crushing loss. Those things. Sangakara's four consecutive hundreds. I mean, yeah. uh, even Brendan McCollum's two hundred plus. I think Chris Gale also hit a two hundred. Oh, that was. Uh, you know, those so are things we'll remember. Martin Guptill. Martin Guptill. Sorry, Guptill had a great tournament. Yeah. Those yeah. are the things we remember tournaments for. Yes, and I mean, but just to like look at all the things you're saying, they're all about the game itself, right? And like, you're right, and I think that to be maybe that does not set itself up for a full story because a lot of that is expected, you know. But personally, for me, I like seeing 300 plus games every game. I like seeing high scores and people setting new records, and that I enjoyed that the most because you, it was all about the cricket in that World Cup. And that's just my opinion. You know, obviously, this other stuff is damn entertaining, no doubt. Yeah, and said, so, uh, think no. about this. Uh, these these factors, like we are talking about these factors because we are like such big fans of the sport, right? But the World Cup is the only tournament where everybody watches the games. It doesn't matter if you're a if you're an ardent fan of the sport or not. It's something which everybody's going to watch it. My like my family is not that into cricket. They don't watch other tournaments. But the World Cup is that one tournament where we all give preference to those matches and we all take out time and watch it, right? So these points about you know these controversies which come up, uh, this is just good for us to discuss about, and it's what makes things fun for us. But the World Cup in itself, the fact that it happens once in four years, the fact that it has so much of value, that makes people watch it irrespective. These are stuff yeah. that we talk about after the World Cup ends. But we don't watch those World Cups to look for those controversies. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And that's a, that's a very, very good point too. And um, yeah, I think I'm definitely looking at 2015 from a retrospective standpoint, right? But I'd watch any World Cup anytime it happens. Like I've been thinking about this and we've talked about associate nations and how we want to grow the game and how we want to, you know, have more more countries, more players, more people having exposure to cricket. But you also want to maintain the quality of a World Cup. And and so what is the balance? Um, yeah, I suppose for you we guys? can I suppose we can get to this now. Like what is your ideal format of the game? That was yeah, we let's do it now. I what would we like to see? Uh, something just you can shoot this idea down, right? I I, I like the the fact that in the 2019 World Cup, every team played everyone. But I don't think 10 teams was enough. That. The fact that, like, Ekandar mm-hmm. Raza is still crying about, you know, how Zimbabwe couldn't make it because of, yeah. you know, pretty honestly, unjust. Honestly, guys, I think I think it's probably been a, a reason why their board has pretty much crumbled and, like, players are now looking for jobs. It's suspended. And, Zimbabwe is suspended right now. Zimbabwe is not allowed to play cricket in 2020. Yeah, like they yeah, had they had a they had a T20 series against India in January, which got disbanded because like yeah. they just ran out of money and like all the political issues, turmoil, suspension. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much like a World Cup exclusion would have impacted them financially and just you know psychologically. And, but it must was, have. and the fact was, that they were test like we have twelve test playing nations. Doesn't I, I don't understand why that doesn't work, like, guarantee a yeah. World Cup inclusion. Yeah. I just I don't understand. Like, mind you, like Ireland and Zimbabwe, they have had great moments in the World Cup. At one point in time, India beating Zimbabwe, like in a World Cup match, like in the 70s and the 80s, was a huge deal. So, Zimbabwe had like a great cricketing currency, like in the 70s and the 80s. And just the fact that Ireland 
like you have seen like some of the most exceptional knock that have been played in the world cup being played by irish cricketers ireland crumbled england in 2011 like world cup right so you just have all of these moments like uh, for the longest time the fastest century was held by like the, the record for the fastest odi century like in the world cup was held by a canadian player john davidson because he hit it against west indies in the 2003 world cup so like oh. you have so many moments which have been contributed by the associate nations to the world cup kenya making it to the semi finals like as political or like or just as like unexpected still, as it, it might yeah. have been or as debated as it might have been it's just the fact that it all happened this is the fact that they, it, it's all been happening i feel like associate nations deserve like a bit more of a go and i feel mm. honestly honestly the fact that this happens once in 4 years and it's only 4 or 5 weeks long if it's having okay i don't mean to say that it should be any longer than this but if you want to really make it a world cup you just can't have 10 teams like yeah. you have hmm. 190 plus hmm. countries in the world 15 16 countries playing cricket actively like you might not see all of yeah, them it's not an exclusive club scotland, where you can just have the top teams yeah, play you know, you have scotland yeah, netherland scotland netherland hong kong nepal they're all playing like cricket actively like pretty actively even though not much yeah. uae has also been doing like a decent job these days like they've been to asia cup two times now so yeah so yeah and the no, world cup I, world cup is such a big motivation for teams right the last 2 3 years like 2 years before the world cup the team starts playing tournaments they start playing matches to prepare for the world cup it's such a big like factor of motivation for these teams so having these associate nations be a part of the world cup is is also going to like motivate them to improve their game and motivate yeah. them to play more matches and become more competitive is there, is there any way we can think about having you know a 16 team world cup yeah that's what every yes. team absolutely each other at some point yeah Because months, I don't like months. I don't like group of fours. I really don't because you're group pretty eight, much though, I think. right. Two groups of eight could be better. You could do two yeah. groups of eight, but yeah, there is still a romance that like the 2019 World Cup has introduced that I've been introduced to. Just for like the fact that every team will play everyone. I think that is also that's a great idea. Yeah, like that's a beautiful thing. I just don't know if you can maintain that with a 16. With a 16-member World Cup squad, um, how many games is that in total? World Cup like, out for like yeah. longer. Stretch it out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't that know. That would be how? What you that's what is that? That's like 16 to the power of two, right? Yep, that's what I'm doing. That's <laughs> yeah, so 256 games. Games. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I probably wait, 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 wait. We actually wait. We'd have 120 games because oh, uh, they play it's not oh, double down robin it's a single down robin 14 yeah you double yeah. count oh yeah. right right yeah. right right and uh, so it will be 120 matches league matches then you would have like everything else that would take a good like a good amount of time if it was t20 is still considerable but i feel there would be two issues with this as much as i love i would love to watch it one issue is a lot of games would end up one sided although like um, we are okay with it because of the, of the games ending up one sided political and economic reasons come into this bcci all the other boards they don't want like india playing like all these stadiums if it's going to end up one sided they don't want like their teams like being projected like if you're not going to get enough viewers i don't think that's the case because the world cup is the world cup so you'll still have viewers coming in but depending on like the number of matches if you if a team is playing against eight associate nations nine associate nations like there might be a sort of like disgruntlement that will be faced by the boards and they wouldn't want to advertise that which is really sad because you don't see that in soccer world cups you don't see that in like mm. most other like sports probably because of the establishment and the fact that cricket is withering away at the point like although like it's rising it's also withering away at the same time but yeah world cup cricket i would want to see like a three month yeah. i wouldn't mind a three month world I cup i think 
Here's a bit of a wild idea, which is you have 16 teams. You do, let's say, two groups, but then that is used as a seeding for a round of 16. So you have such great opportunity for even the lower teams to oh, play wow. the other group, right? So everyone oh, so moves wait, on. Wait, wait, so, Akash, so oh how are you going to seed? Based so on the team the with the best record the is, is the first seed. And then the first seed so from the group is, is the last seed from the group. Oh, okay. Like like so the eight teams play everyone in their group. Oh, yeah. so two groups played. Oh, and then right? I've, I've, oh, I, I like that. Wasn't that 2011? No, but like 2011 was different. 2011 was like the top of each. There's like group A, group B, and then yeah. those top teams go into a super tens, and then yeah. I think the eight remaining teams go to a quarterfinal. No, I like that. But that's a, that's a great idea. idea. Seeding is a great idea because that gives you the opportunity to, for every team to move on. But at the same mm -hmm. point, you know, you're playing multiple teams at once, and you're not overwhelming the time. I think there's an impetus to like succeed as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice, Akash. Well done. Oh, wow. So I, just, so I just checked. The last World Cup with 10 teams uh, took over um, like 45 days to complete. Um, I, 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 would be, I would be very happy to see a three-month World Cup. I just don't know if the players would, the coaches would, families would. Um, You're scheduled in a way such that you have like a few prominent matches every now and then. And if you have a few double-headers, which happened in the World Cup like last year as well. There were like one or two double headers, and double headers used to happen all the time in the World Cups earlier. It just didn't happen much. They should last be year more common. Yeah, but because they go on yeah. for like eight or nine hours, that's the reason why it's a bit like concerning. But if you were to have like a few double headers, and if you were to have like a, what do you guys feel about having like the qualifiers right before the World Cup? They do the qualifiers two years before the World Cup, which is why no one watches those qualifiers. Yeah, what I that doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah like, what's the rationale for that? For the T Twenty, like they had it last year. It also reduces yeah. their importance. Yeah. yeah. Like what? Like if there's yeah. a qualifier going on now, when the World Cup is two years away, and the team might have changed. The team might have changed. Completely yeah. different team. A, the fans don't register it, and B, it's it makes no sense. Like Champions League qualifiers are right before the Champions League for yeah. the obvious reason yeah. that you need the same champion, like the same team. It happens everywhere. Champions. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that, that's I think a really really good discussion. I like the fact that we're we're in agreement about having more teams and trying to expand it this one. I hope that's what happens. Um, the last point I want to bring up before I think we should move on to trivia is I want to ask about two teams in particular and what your opinions are as to why they may not have had the success that they probably should have. Right. South Africa we know has a a very very interesting relationship with World Cups and the other team is New Zealand. Two teams that have, since the 70s, since the World Cup has begun, had stars of the game. You talk about Richard Hadley as being one of the greatest all-rounders of all time. Stephen Fleming. We talk about Brendan McCollum and his just great, great 2015 campaign. We talk about this year, the final, you know, Kane Williamson, how he led the team up to that point. Um, and then, of course, South Africa, right? Herschel Gibbs, the catch. Just Lance Klusner, the, the choke, you know. Um, they've, they've been teams that have made it to that top stage and have always been regarded as top teams and even England I would say until this year what has prevented them from being successful at the, the the top stage of the game I don't think it's a lack of talent I'll say that much Definitely not. I feel like uh, cricket yeah. commentators and like experts analysts they all hate the term momentum because of its vagueness because you don't Fully know like, what <laughs> I yeah, don't I mean, word. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a very good way to explain tournament success. In yeah, because, yeah. Tournament. I mean, I know they hate the word because of its technicalities, but I just feel like 
if you look at south africa if you look at new zealand every time south africa tapers off it's not just because they are unable to like carry on to a certain momentum in that tournament it's because they are not able to carry on the momentum from the previous tournament it just takes them so long to recover from like a heartbreak that took place 4 years ago and by the time that they are playing the 2019 world cup it's a totally different team yet you're still reeling from the fact that this, this has been happening to you for the last like 6 7 world cups and just the fact that that should happen is like a little disconcerting for any team like if any of us like were like to be in the dressing room at this point in time right like with the team what would you tell south africa like in order to encourage them to perform better what would you tell them because you know that it doesn't lack talent you know they don't lack skill they have everything that they need in their artillery to succeed but yeah is it it's not competition as well because competition is also like Yeah, I don't know. Would you would you would you To me it feels like it's an issue of like team I don't know maybe team unity. I if you look at 2015 uh New Zealand you know that semi-final where South Africa lost. New Zealand was the team that was ultimately like they were the team that was together. They were the family. South Africa was for whatever reason a fractured team. If you come to 2019, you know the captain the captaincy of Faf, the performance of a team whatever it may be, South Africa was always it was always undercut by some other storyline. Uh, and i think maybe that's the problem is that certain times teams like south africa maybe less new zealand definitely south africa are always facing some sort of issue you know they there's always something in the dressing room that is preventing them from being a unified team uh um, this year the abd villiers thing last year the abd villiers thing they yeah, right? they, they, they lost they lost two matches they lost two matches they lost two or three matches and obviously the moment south africa loses one match in the world cup you bring back the history books and you talk about how they've been losing all these and yeah. the first story that yeah. sprung up last year was that abd villiers wanted to play and he was not allowed to play, play. that is why south africa mm-hmm. is having these these issues so like imagine what the, the whole, players would feel when yeah. they hear that just think about faf just yeah. think about faf who was handed over captaincy by abd And yeah. just the fact that you had Hashim Amla, the Dhumini playing the last World Cups, you had Quinton de Kock in the form of his yeah. life, with, like everything that he had done in the IPL beforehand, the six months before the IPL, he was like South Africa was in there to compete. Like you knew that yeah. they had a shot at winning. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't, definitely don't think they were beaten like badly in any of the games. They always had a fighting shot, but it's that question of they just didn't play with with the drive. They didn't seem to be, you know, mm. like JP Dhumini, Rashid Van Der Duse, and all these guys. They had solid batsmen, you know, but. they would get to 30 and 40 and then some reason just stop mm. you know and the other thing i want to talk about is the fact that i think that there's a level of predictability we always talk about the fact that brendan mccollum was their main weapon right and new zealand just didn't seem to have many other weapons like what if brendan mccollum just collapsed one day you know did, and what happened in the final where they targeted him as if they're going at death right that the yorker <laughs> yorker that completely and then they were they were lost they didn't know what to do so it's this kind of idea of you know looking to being too visible and just being too predictable to beat i think that's mm-hmm. india had the same problem too and mm-hmm. in the last couple of world cups i think getting into that sense of jitteriness in the later stages of the tournament sir i think the 2015 world cup is an extremely interesting one now in hindsight we didn't discuss it enough but england and new zealand like their weaknesses and their fractures were exposed so glaringly at yeah. the end of the world cup england had to do away with half their roster they had to yeah. undergo a total refurbishment and new zealand like after the world cup got over i feel it was a great epiphany for like stalwart not stalwarts i would say but at this point in time players like williamson rothtila got up to love playing for like 10 odd years they had to step up and 2015 2016 onwards is when rothtila like since then rothtila has been one of like new zealand's most consistent players 
he might not be the captain he was the captain he wasn't a great captain but since the time since 2016 he has been exceptional in chases kane williamson yeah. has stepped up every single time guptil not that great outside of the of the continent but he still plays extremely well when he has to so when you just look at those things england and new zealand played the 2019 world cup final and they were the ones whose like whose like weaknesses mm-hmm. were exposed the most at the 2015 world cup That's final that's a great point yeah yeah mm. Also, like even for England and New Zealand, they should have understood that. Like even New Zealand making it to the 2015 World Cup final with that team and with only Brendan McCullum being like the highlight, except for like one or two innings from Martin Guptill and a few like good um, like bowling spells from Saudi and Bolt. McCullum was the face of it. But in the 2019 mm-hmm. World Cup, until the final, none of the two teams who made it to the World Cup final had one dominating name right up there. Like they had like great innings from Morgan at one point. They had a good innings from Root. One amazing inning from Bears. Um, innings from Bears too against India. You had like New Zealand like also performing like Tom Leatham in some matches, Taylor in some matches, Williamson mm-hmm. in some matches. Bolt had a hat trick. So yeah. I, but I I don't know. I I do take Sid's point with if you go for pound for pound like performances, um, it an argument can be made that New Zealand didn't deserve place in the top four. But after they mm-hmm. after they came into the top four, they deserved a place in the final. Um, they so New Zealand, Pakistan beat New Zealand. Pakistan didn't have a game against Sri Lanka, which we were confident of winning. Um, you never know these things, but if we had won, mm-hmm. we would have had more points than New Zealand. But the game was washed out. And India didn't have India didn't play New Zealand. India didn't play New Zealand in the group stage. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. There is yeah. there is a case you can make that that New Zealand might not have been the you know the in the top four, but after after getting there, I think with their semi final performance and you know India's blunders in 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 the top order, I think like there is no question that from the semi finalists that the the two best teams were in the final and. The better team lost, in my opinion, yeah. unfortunately. Since 2010, which three players have, in descending order, donned the captain's hat for the most number of matches? The, the numbers are 118, 114, 106. Sangakara, Tony. Sangak- it's since it's in 2010. Since 2010. 2010. This is all formats. ODI. Just ODI. Uh, Graham Smith, Tony Sangakara. In 2010. Since 2010, the cap who's who's had the captain's hat, right? Oh, Kohli. Kohli. Kohli is not in them. Kohli is not. I think. I think it's it's Tony somewhere in there. Is Rohit Sharma in there? Are are 108? Rohit Sharma is not captain those many matches. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you. Tony is number one. Tony is number one. But two and three. Brandon McCullum. Nope, nope. Yeah. Steve, Steve Smith. No, not Steve Smith. No, I'll just the answer, guys. It's too far away from the radar. Dhoni is first, and the next two at 114 and 106 respectively are Owen Morgan and Angelo Matthews. Oh my God. Angelo Matthews. Angelo Matthews after like eight or nine, like eight or nine attempts, got 106 matches in the as captain somehow. That's impressive. This is very <laughs> impressive. This is very wow. impressive. Next, That's... next one. Against yeah. whom did MS Dhoni last captain India, and did India win that match? Against Hong Kong, no Afghanistan, and they tied. Correct. That's right. Wow. 2018. 2018. Rohit Sharma. Rohit Sharma was rested. Rohit Sharma was the captain of the Asia Cup, and he was rested for one match before the final. Dhoni took on the captaincy, and India tied that match against Afghanistan. First match ever against Afghanistan. Um. Didn't I? That that 
the Pakistan yes, India matches. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, uh, okay. Eleven players had two ducks while batting in the World Cup in 2019. Two players, however, however, achieved the monumental feat of managing to get dismissed, um, like uh, like dismissed by a duck two times in just three appearances. Were like essentially a bowler, Nuan Pradeep, and a batsman. Who was the batsman who made three appearances? Like in the and got he got dismissed in two, like two out of those three. Was it Matthews? Which World Cup? Twenty nineteen. Can we know the? T- <laughs> if I tell you the team, it'll be very easy to guess. I'll guess. Is it Gulbad and Nayim? Mohammad Shahzad. That's not Afghanistan. Are you just gonna go to the Afghanistan team? That's <laughs> not Afghanistan. Who's <laughs> <laughs> uh, there? You want to take a snap at this? Isn't he playing in Pakistan? <laughs> the Pakistani player. <laughs> it's Shoaib Malik. Oh, of course it's oh. Shoaib. Oh. Right. Um, which bowler bowled the most number of dot balls in 2019 World Cup? 371 balls. Bomb. It was 370 balls. 371 balls. Just breathe. Saudi? Nope. Uh, Man Henry? It was Jofra Archer, guys. He bowled six overs in the Super Over also. <laughs> he oh. six overs oh. six oh. in the Super Over also. And um, fastest century in the World Cup. Like, ever. Ever? Chris Gale? Yeah. No? McCullum? Kevin O'Brien? Nope, nope. Kevin O'Brien, right. Kevin yeah. O'Brien, Kevin oh, O'Brien against, England, against England in 50 balls, 2011. I wasn't uh, sure if that's no. still called, yeah. Yep. I also uh, wasn't sure if that Right. The only the only male cricketing player to have reportedly played both a World Cup in like a football World Cup as well as cricket World Cup have played like a match for Antigua and also played for the West Indies. Who was it? Darren Sammy? Oh no no. Darren Sammy's cool, it's not that cool. <laughs> no, okay, so basically this Antigua <laughs> match, uh, the reason I said reported is because that was the FIFA World Cup qualifier. He didn't play in the main because Antigua didn't qualify. But he's played in like the World Cup for West Indies, and he's also played for Antigua's soccer team. And he's a great player. The great player. The Bravo. Okay, before before said Google said it's Viv Richards. I'm not. I Google it. Viv Richards, really? Yeah, Viv Richards. Viv Richards. That tracks. Viv. However, 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 that's the only male who was reportedly in it. But there's a female cricketer. Who has actually played in both the World Cups? Elise Perry. Elise Perry. Elise Perry. Wow. 2011 uh, World Cup. 2011. He's the goat. He's the goat. That's crazy. Yeah. Last last question. Last okay. Last question. Uh, Which T20I captain has the most number of wickets in the format as a captain? As a captain. Darren Sammy. (laughs) Matthews. Was Lasit Moinga? Nope. Is it a Fiji? It is a Feely, oh, 41 wickets. Oh, it's a bowler. It's Shahid Afeely, Shahid 41 wickets. Exceptional. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us this week, Akash Mishra. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Sid and Akash, for like agreeing to host this. It was exceptional. Uzair and Pranav, of course, amazing, like as always. And Archit for being at the back end throughout, despite like not having much to do. Archit, Archit. 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 Archit.